Let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. It's your boy Sully on the Excuse Me podcast, and I'm happy to be here. I am very blessed to be here with all that's going on, with all the challenges that's going on, with everything that's going on in the world. I am blessed to have this fellowship with whoever is listening, with you that are listening, and I hope that you're safe. I hope that you're healthy, and if you're not healthy, we're praying for you to get healthy and that God lay his healing hands on your life. And let that healing be a transformation and an opening door for others that are watching what God is doing in your life. Can I get an amen? Okay, so today, I hope that you're locked in. I hope you're ready to get to the word. I pray that the spirit go ahead and pierce the hearts of many of whoever is listening to this podcast. Because we're going to be looking at Matthew 12, the gospel of Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 13. So this would be a good time to pause and get there, whether it's on your electronic device or in your Bible, whichever way, as long as we follow the way, which is Jesus Christ. Matthew 12. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. His disciples were hungry and began to pick up some heads of grain and eat them. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to him, look, your disciples are doing what is unlawful On the Sabbath. So here we're going to take a stop, break, break. Here we will point out that the Pharisees were not condoning the taking of the corn. It wasn't about the taking of the corn, but the idea of working, doing some type of labor on the Sabbath. Here we have a corrupt group of religious individuals that are hoping to diminish the integrity of Jesus through pointing out that the Sabbath day is a holy day and you shouldn't be laboring or working and keeping the Sabbath holy. holy. And they are alluding, of course, to Genesis 2. But this is why scriptural understanding is so important. Many people try to twist verbiage or meaning and go into allegorical interpretation to belittle Christians or non-believers to further their own agendas or substantiate their own ways of living. And it says in Ephesians 4.14 that we should not be long, no longer be children and tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. And despite this accusation, Jesus speaks. He speaks to the Pharisees in truth, love, and understanding. Everything as Christians, as followers of Christ, we should be aiming to do on a daily basis. Verse 3 of Matthew 12, he answered, Jesus answered, haven't you read what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and he and his companions ate the consecrated bread, which was not lawful for them to do, but only for the priests. Or haven't you read in the law that the priests on the Sabbath duty in the temple desecrate the Sabbath and yet are innocent? I tell you that something greater than the temple is here. If you had known what these words mean, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. You would have not condemned the innocent. For the Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. Okay, here we're going to take a stop. This is a great stopping point. And we're going to look at Mark 2.26. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. We're going to slowly build. The Sabbath was made for man and man and not man for the Sabbath. Let's not forget that man was created before the Sabbath. 
That is, the Sabbath was intended for the welfare of man. It is not designed in its nature to be the enforcement of the law or harsh requirements. Now let's move, let's just move to the heart of the matter and let's speak very plainly. It is better to move in compassion and love in this instance than the sacrificial and ceremonial practices. We too, as believers, share in the heart of God. As God has shown us his mercies upon us, who are we not to show it to others? When an institution's practices overshadows who we are to be in Christ daily, we have not only lost our way, but the heart of God as well. Verse nine, going on from that place, he went into their synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. Looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. These people's hater nation, aka drinking a whole gallon of haterade. They were looking for a reason. They were putting effort into looking for a reason to bring charges against Jesus. And they asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? We are going to stop right there. It is important to pause here for a note. At this second part of the of verse 10 highlights the hardened heart. It highlights the hearts of these religious leaders. Let's take note that the Pharisees believed that Jesus could heal this man. You see that they believed they could heal this man. They asked him, is it lawful? Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? They were more concerned about being right than doing what was right. They were more concerned about being right than doing what was right. They were more concerned with being right and according to an institution than the real goal, which is helping others and opening hearts for God. And there's another level to this evilness in your heart when you rather call someone out than to help someone that's in need. But I digress. Verse 11, he said to them, if any of you has a sheep and it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, Will you not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable, how much more valuable is a person than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Verse 13. Then he said to the man, Jesus said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and it was completely restored. Just as sound as the other. But the Pharisees went out and plotted how they might kill Jesus. These are religious leaders, leaders looking to kill the word of God. Okay, have we lost our way? Have we lost our way? And in what world do we live in where religion has taken over the relationship with God? He is our father. I'm a father. There are rules within my house. So that we can be good stewards of what God has given us for safety, for general comfort, just for for pure for pure or orderliness. Right. I ha we have certain rules that are in the house and we abide by those rules. But not at one moment will those practices jeopardize my relationship I have with my kids. I love my kids more than I love those rules. I love my kids more than I love certain institutions. Right. I have a relationship with my kids. It is better that we are together than separated by a sanctioned set of rules. 
How far do we become separated when the rules become in place of the relationship? When the rules substitute for how Christ has shown us how to serve others and serve him. To paraphrase the iconic Allen Iverson interview, practice, practice. We talking about practice, not the game, not the game that I know and love, not the, not the game that I go out there and die for. We, we talking about practice, practice. We talking about practice. Allen Iverson was a franchise player and he missed a practice and was getting grilled by the media. And although he continually performed in the games when it counted the most, are we missing what counts? Structure and institution has a place, but when it replaces the relational obedience with the Savior, we are sorely mistaken. Your sanctification can never outqualify the Savior, but pious scrutiny can separate us from the promises God has for us. I challenge you to speak in truth, speak in love, love others, and most of all, most of all, speak to the Father of truth, the Word of God, Jesus Christ, daily, especially in these trying times. I want you to maximize your life, maximize every moment, and let's get it. I'll be praying for all y'all. Y'all be blessed.